Thank you, sir. <clears throat> well, a couple things that are going to be a little different tonight. Number one, I am wearing a mic. Um, and the reason is we're recording this tonight. Um, because we're going to start a ser series of these looking at lessons from 2020. What things do we really need to learn from 2020? Um, and the second part of this is going to be on the Sunday after Christmas. I'll be preaching and we're going to do a second part. We may even go to a third part if we've got enough lessons we hadn't covered. Um, so, but that's what we're, we're going to be working on starting tonight. That's why we're recording it. In the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, there's an interesting phrase in the second verse. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I come. And this raising Ebenezer is not junior. This raising Ebenezer is something more significant than that. Um, it means a stone of help. Here I raise my stone of help, of the Lord's help. We, um, we experienced the first real um, calling of this in Ebenezer in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Now, there's some other um, discussions of stones being handed over and lifted up, but this is the first time it's called in Ebenezer. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer in verse 12. Thus far has the Lord helped us. So it's a stone of help from the Lord is our Ebenezer. Um, in Joshua chapter 4, there's a number of episodes where the Lord says to get some stones from the Jordan River as the um, Israelites are crossing the Jordan River. In chapter 4, uh, 14 through 17, excuse me, chapter 3, 14 through 17, chapter 4, 1 through 3, chapter 4, 20 through 24. I'm going to read a couple of those. In chapter 3, verse 17, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan River, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And in chapter 4, verse 3, tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priest stood, and to carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And it goes on in verse 6, to serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. So when your children ask, help them to remember Remind them what the truth is. In verse 23 and 24 of chapter 4. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea. When he dried it up before us until we had crossed it. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always Fear the Lord your God. Why is it necessary? Why, why do we want to have memorials, these Ebenezers of stone? The answer is pretty simple. 
We don't do real well when it comes to remembering. Matter of fact, when it comes to remembering well, we do that poorly. We do not share our instances of God's faithfulness. Sometimes we don't share them because we feel like it's going to be promoting self-righteousness, Chuck. Um, we're concerned that they're going to be misunderstood. Um, yet we are to boast in the Lord. Let me, let me illustrate how we struggle with this. Um, do y'all know who Hunter Boone is? Anybody know who Hunter Boone is? <laughs> do y'all know who Linda Jones is? Anybody here know who Linda Jones is? A number of y'all know who Linda is. Linda Jones is Hunter's grandmother. That's a real significant story. We should all know that story. When Christy was pregnant with Hunter, um, Christy's husband had to coach baseball. And he was required to take a CPR class. Two months before the baby was born, he was supposed to take his CPR class. And it was a pediatric and adolescent CPR class. He couldn't make the night of the class. So a couple days before Hunter was born, he had to sign up for another class. He took the class, and they had added on an infant CPR section. So it was an extra two hours long. How disappointing and frustrating. A couple days after Hunter was born, in the middle of the night, Linda awoken, and Hunter had quit breathing. Linda called out to her son, a son-in-law, who had just taken the infant CPR class. He performed CPR on his two-day-old son until the paramedics got there. Hunter is now 24 years old. He was in the hospital. He was put on a ventilator. The Lord needs to be boasted in when it comes to Linda Jones and Hunter Boone. Um, a person in this room right now, all of you know Mary, Miss Mary Radford. How many of y'all knew that Mary almost died in 2012? One, two, three. Three of y'all. Um, Miss Mary was one of the patients that got those contaminated epidural steroid shots. She got a severe meningitis. She was in the ICU for days, in Lewisville Hospital for six weeks, then transferred to Spring Tree for another four or five weeks, and she said the Lord was present with her the entire time. So ten weeks... 13 spinal taps later, Mary left the hospital. And she said, the Lord was present with me the entire time. We need to have memorials. It's a shame when we don't know the Lord has been so incredibly, amazingly faithful in different ways in our lives. You've got a story with a daughter and a son. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Jake is with us. Jake can ski. It's just amazing. We need to be diligent with our memorials, our Ebenezer's of stone to God's faithfulness because we boast in the Lord. We need to be sure that we're not boasting in ourselves, but we do need to boast in the Lord. 
Please hear me very clearly. I am not bragging about Mary Bradford, although she is a friend of mine. And I'm not bragging about Linda Jones, although she's a friend of mine. I'm bragging about their Lord and his faithfulness and his goodness. We ought to boast in touching one another's lives. We ought to help one another remember the powerful lessons we have learned and are yet to learn. That's what I want these lessons to be about. There are some significant things we have walked through in 2020. Some significant things, Hoover. We need to help one another learn about God's character and about his faithfulness. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4. If you've got your Bible, I want to go through a couple more evidences of our remembering poorly. In Deuteronomy 4, verses 9 and 10, Moses writes, Only be careful. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord, your God at Horeb, when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land. Be careful. Watch yourselves. Do not forget. Do not let them slip from your heart. Teach them to your children. No, teach them to your grandchildren. Remember the day. Why? Because we don't remember well. In verse 23 and 24, we see more admonition. Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. Do not make for, in, for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He is Elkanah. Be careful not to forget. Do not forget his covenant. Remember his name, Elkanah. A covenant, a jealous God. In Deuteronomy 6, we see more of the same. In verses 4 through 9 and verse 12, remember his commandments. Remember he is one God. Remember to love with all your heart. Remember to teach your children who he is, how faithful he is. Remember to talk about him as you go through life, as you sit, as you walk in your home. Be careful not to forget. Especially, Mike, when you become full and life is abundant. Don't forget. The Lord your God. We don't remember well. Perhaps you're saying, well, that's kind of that's the Old Testament. There's not much of that in the New Testament. In John chapter 14, we're told that the Holy Spirit, the counselor, is going to join us and live within us. And he has a couple functions, but one in particular is he comes to remind you. Why does he want to remind? Because, Lynn, we don't remember well. Look at John chapter 14. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And be not afraid. Why? Why do we need the Holy Spirit to help us remember? Because we don't remember well. In 1 Corinthians 10, 6-11, we're told that these things in the Old Testament were written down for them and for us to help us to remember. We don't handle remembering well. So what I would propose to us is this. I would like us to commit to helping one another. Help one another remember the lessons of 2020. Remember the faithfulness of a holy God and sovereign God. Let's begin tonight by going over a few lessons. We'll try to cover three. If we run out of time, we'll run, just cover two and get the third one later. One of the things that a couple men have said to me is, I've learned I'm not as strong as I think I am. One of them used the word, this language, I'm more vulnerable than I care to admit, is what he said. This for men, strong men in our fellowship. They specifically mentioned physically. Physically, I don't feel like I'm as strong as I thought I was because now all, the vi- all of a sudden a virus can show up that I have no immunity to. And I feel vulnerable. I could come in t- contact with the virus I've never had and it could have some severe consequences. Physically, I don't feel as strong as I used to think I was. Emotionally, I'm not as strong as I thought I was emotionally. It's very easy to have loneliness or alone time morph into loneliness. It is easy to allow fear to dictate behavior. I'm not as strong as I was physically. I'm not as strong as I thought I was emotionally. I'm not as strong as I think I was socially. One of these men shared, I'm more dependent on others in the body of Christ than I thought I was. The Christian one and others are more significant than I care to admit. I'm not as strong spiritually as I think I am. I quickly become anxious and fretful. I can lose my contentment really quickly. The anchors in my life need to be encouraged. They need to be rehearsed. And they need to be echoed. So one of the truths that we need to remind one another and remember well is, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. This truth can be abrupt. It can be startling. But I want you to know this truth can also foster gratitude and joy and even hope. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul addresses a weakness when we see weaknesses in ourselves. And this is what he says. In 2 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 9, <clears throat> My grace is sufficient for you. 
For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That I can actually see the weaknesses more clearly today than I could before 2020. And that can be comforting. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise be to God the Father. Another thing that someone mentioned to me, uh, one of our ladies, and actually I've heard it from Paula also, people can be so creative. It's amazing how creative people can be. I heard the other day that one of the Chick-fil-A's had 132 cars go through their line, their drive-up line, in an hour. That's crazy. From Chick-fil-A to ordering online to canopies so you can eat outside. It's amazing how many restaurants have been creative to keep the doors open. Really, people have shown a lot of ingenuity. The medical profession has been over backwards. From virtual appointments to your own car serving as a reception room. Have y'all had that happen? To lab being drawn in your car while the seatbelt's on. Medical providers have shown a resourcefulness in providing medical care while keeping us safe. Schools, teachers, parents, how creative they've been with virtual classrooms, virtual lessons. Homeschool has grown. What about the Christian community? The Christian community really has stepped up with Zoom Bible studies and YouTube book studies, growth in community groups in the midst of a pandemic, um, multiple services, virtual webinars. More old-timey, just write a personal note. There's COVID response teams and COVID task force. When we look at the creativity of people, it should remind us that we are image bearers. God is a creative, sovereign God. And we are image bearers. We are commanded to love one another. We are commanded to make disciples. We are commanded to comfort the grieving and the hurting. Even in the middle of a pandemic. Even when there's riots in our streets in major cities. Even when there's hurricanes hitting the South Louisiana coast for the fifth time in one season. Even when there's fires building hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres out west so that businesses are closed. We're called to make disciples, to love one another, to comfort the grieving. We don't get a pass. So we're called to be creative in doing that and find ways to do that. 
So Paul and I, we, we were blessed by being able to read to our grandkids. We became part of their homeschool curriculum. We would read to them every day when this pandemic first started. Why? Why the creativity? Why the ingenuity? Because we're image bearers of a sovereign God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And guess what? If we can be creative in reaching out to people, if you have a wayward child, that should be comforting. Because if we can be creative, God is infinitely more creative in reaching our wayward children. So two truths we need to remember. I'm not as strong as I think I am. And people have been amazingly creative because they're image bearers. We need to remember those things. Number three, communication is a gift of God. We have taken that gift for granted. Communication has been a challenge this year. Social distancing. Sometimes, Mike, I can't tell whether you're smiling or about ready to punch me. No, I can tell. You say, how you doing, old Carrie? Mask, make it hard to communicate. Decreased frequency and duration of time together increases obstacles. Social unrest makes it hard to communicate. It becomes a guardedness. Lack of human touch. And I would touch you, but I'll get in trouble with my mask off. The lack of a human touch. That's huge. Who, who are nurses? Any nurses here? Any nurses? No? Y'all heard of failure to thrive? When babies aren't touched in the first three or four months of life. Amazing how often they die. Lack of human touch makes warmth and affirmation and hospitality more challenging. The inability to see one another's face. Yeah, we can see their eyes. And eyes, believe me, I think eyes are important. But I want to see your face. You know, something else that's made communication difficult is this whole cancel culture. We become guarded. But a couple of other ways of communication have been difficult. I want you to know watching Chuck Flutie interact with Pete Shim is a blessing to me. Watching Alan James interact with Mike Spillman is a blessing. I get to see warmth. I get to see gentleness and kindness. Watching one another interact is huge. Electronic communication is filled with gaps. Text messages are filled with gaps. Emails, tweets are often misunderstood. Zoom, we give up body language. 
handwritten notes, the old-fashioned stuff. It's not real time. The amazing gift of communication enriches life. It affirms one another. It makes it easy to celebrate anniversaries, celebrate graduations, new births, weddings. Emphasizes comforting one another and grieving with one another. Guys, we need to thank the Lord for the gift of communication. That is an unbelievable gift. Homer, I know you miss hugs. There's no question. That communicates a warmth. Um, when we look at communication, there's a couple aspects that we really need to understand. In Psalm 19, 1 through 4, we see the speaking aspect of communication. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Um, day after day they pour, pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. When we are co communicating fully, we join the chorus of nature in thanking the Lord. What a privilege. But there's another aspect to communication. The aspect of listening. You know, one of the best passages about listening in Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. In case you didn't get it, verse 11 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. If you still haven't gotten it, verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will give some of the hidden manna. Goes on in chapter 3, verse 6, verse 19, verse 22. Listen. You know, there's a, a BSF Bible study group that I, I am in. And it was amazing. I was fairly frustrated with that group last year. Um, there were two guys that wanted to talk over each other and kind of wanted to convince them, all of us that they knew more than the Bible than anybody else in the class. And Paula could tell I was getting frustrated. She would ask me, are you about ready to give up? You know, we went to Zoom. And that went away. Because people had to stop and listen if they were going to hear the other person. We need to listen. Sometimes we need to speak. Sometimes we need to listen. But there's a third aspect of communication that is very important. And this 2020 has really brought out the gaps in that. When people grieve and hurt, 
Sometimes we just need to be present. We don't need to say a word. We just need to be present. That's been hard this year. There have been funerals that nobody could attend. Weddings that either were postponed or they were held and just the immediate family were there. But we're told to be present. Even with the Lord, be still. You want to communicate with the Lord? Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Communication is a blessing and a gift from God. People can be amazingly creative. We are image bearers. I'm not as strong as I think I am. But when I am weak, then I am strong. Those are the first three lessons I think we need to help one another remember from 2020. What I'm going to task you to do is I want you to think about your walk with the Lord in 2020. And what have you learned? What has he taught you? Good? Bad? Something he wants to see changed in your life? Something he wants you to anchor your heart to. And if you feel led, jot that down. And if you'd share that with me. Don't have to. But if you feel led to, I'm going to open that up. It may show up on a Sunday morning. On December 27th. It may not. But we need to help one another remember well. We're not good rememberers. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we just stop and say thank you. Thank you for faithfulness. Thank you for sending the comforter to help us remember. Thank you for sending brothers and sisters in Christ who can help me remember. Father, thank you. Grow us up as disciples. We thank you for the year 2020. Difficult, challenging, but Father, may we be a different people when this year is over because of what we learned about you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.